Welcome to episode 33 of You Shall Not Pass Go. We are your hosts, Dave and Jengis. And we are hosts on Geekade.com. What's your geek? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Oh man, been a while, buddy. It has been a while since the last time we podcasted. Uh, we we did the Petathon. We did do the Petathon. Yes. And it was a lot of fun. It was a ton of fun. I mean, it's always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I feel like uh, this time in particular was a lot of fun because it's like almost like a, re- not a return to form because we've only done it twice. But we're goofy as hell. <laughs> but well, I mean, like, all right. So the first time we did it uh, two years ago. We did PT. We did. And I thought that was a blast. I, I liked it for many reasons. I mean, one, obviously, scaring you in general is, is fun. Is your favorite pastime, some it, would say. Sometimes. <laughs> um, and then, like, on top of that, I thought just, like, it was really nice having the Geek Aid group around, those that stayed up and stayed with there, because like, a lot of people were around us watching us as we were playing PT. It's true. And, and reacting. And yeah. reacting. And I thought that enhanced it. And it was just, it was a solid game run because we finished PT, which, you know, was whatever. (laughs) Which some Mm. have extreme difficulty with. And I have (laughs) myself. And then last year we did The Lion King, which was fun for other reasons, just because, like, I had played the shit out of that game when I was a kid. And I think it showed. Mm -hmm. And it was nice to beat to beat Scar again. Yeah. And we, we sort of had that little extra inning to do it. <laughs> we did. They gave, we went over in time, but uh, we got it done. We did get it done. And uh, this year, though, we went back to a horror game. We did. But not just any horror game. We played uh, Until the Dawn Un- Rush, Rush of Blood, Blood, the VR game, PSVR game. It was my first VR, PlayStation VR experience. Yeah. And I must say, I think we were pretty funny to yeah. watch. <laughs> I actually, look, I don't know. I could be making this up, but I swear to God that when I left my house, the donations were like $1,000 less than when we were done our stream. And I don't know if that was just coincidence and it could have happened also when I was driving. Like, I don't know when all that money came in, but I feel like there was a shit ton of money that came in when you and I were streaming. But I also could just be over... Hyping my own, <laughs> tooting your own horn. Yeah, I might just be like, um, you know, it might, might just be hubris. But um, uh, but I was glad that in the end we did hit our donation goal. Uh, as you know, a group we did decayed the group. Uh, we hit our goal, and I'm really proud of the the work we did. Yeah, and, and I can't wait to do it again. I want to do it again next year. Yeah, and I hope I want to make the goal higher, and I want to hit it again exactly. or exceed it. Um, want to smash it. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that. A, a horror well, a VR United game. United States of Smash. <laughs> yeah, right. A horror VR game was a good choice. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, once again, hearkening back to what happened with PT, I thought the people that stayed and were there like had a lot of fun watching us and our reactions, and also that dynamic, the energy of not just not being you and me, but having like a nice little room of people to sort of yeah go on the journey <laughs> to watch us freak out. Um, what do you think? What do you think of PSVR? Um, I liked it. Uh, you know, not a lot of uh, VR experience just because I don't own a VR headset at home. Right. Um, but it was, it flowed very smoothly. Yeah. Uh, once we got, you know, we got the positioning down properly. Yeah. And that was the issue that I, that's a broad mention about it being a, a pain in the ass game is that if you're not, if your positioning isn't right and you're not at the, like, if you're not where you need to be for the camera, your aiming is just going to be trash or your gun is just going to like glitch out on you it's or a, go away. It's a pain in the ass game when they give you an SMG when really you need a shotgun. I know. <laughs> oh yeah. That one room. Remember that one room? Oh, I have never forgotten. <laughs> um, yeah. 
I went full Deadpool for that because yeah. how I conquer horror. If I if like video games do get me, do get me frightened. They mm-hmm. really do. I've said this before. You know, it's I think it's something about the fact that I'm in control of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like when I'm just an observer, it never really bothers me. Like a movie doesn't really bother me. Yeah. Um. I'll, I'll definitely jump. Like I I can get surprised, but I'm not actively like feeling terror. When I play a horror game, I do. Um. And how I combat that is with comedy. I went, <laughs> I went like full Deadpool that night. Just everything was bang, 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 bang. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, Marvel versus Capcom 3 Deadpool. Yeah, right? That was it, man. Um, but it's been a while since we actually had a cast because our October episode was our lost episode for the 31 Days of Halloween. It was indeed. Um, so you finally got to hear our game that we had talked about a year ago that had happened on Devil's Night. Um, in its unedited form, two parts. Uh, and then we hadn't, we, I mean, we do our episodes, um, you know, at least a week before, usually about a week before. We try to. Yeah, they, they come out. So you're talking, we didn't, the last time we actively casted was the beginning of August. Yeah. And as we're recording this, we're at the end of October. So it's, it's been, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's, it's been a while. <laughs> uh, and yet, I feel like we didn't miss much. Mm. I almost wish there was more that had happened in that time, <laughs> in that little break. Well, I mean, you know, it's a product cycle. Um, it is. We're a slave to products. Yeah, we're we're currently in close to the end of Q3, I believe. Yep. Getting into Q4. And we're also, uh. <laughs> and we can also do so many as i call them the late night host fillers <laughs> like there's only so many games and oddball things we can come up with to to fill the gap of time mm-hmm. when we're not reviewing stuff um maybe one of these ysnpgs we should just talk not even about games we'll just, just call it the the, <laughs> the bullshit cast ysnpg nights <laughs> late night ysnpg um but yeah moving into our somewhat rigid structure of our episodes uh we're gonna begin <laughs> falling with falling back into uh, the groove yeah if you will um that's a good name for an episode please remember falling back into the groove <laughs> okay um, and yet you'll be listening to this and you'll be like that's not the name of this episode at all <laughs> um but yeah magic magic uh, the gathering we at the end the of nef- august <laughs> the infamous magic the gathering yeah right at the end of august we had <laughs> talked about um the spoilers that we had had at the time for the Guilds of Ravnica. Mm -hmm. And obviously since that time, Guilds of Ravnica has released and it is out to the world. Um, I did not buy any Guilds of Ravnica. Neither have I. Well, that's not unusual for you. It's not. It's obviously unusual for me. But Um, as I said, we talked about it last time. We did in the August cast, which kind of segues into something else we're going to talk about. My collection is saved for now. Um, partly because it didn't sell for what I wanted to sell it for. Mm. Um, a lot of watchers, but nobody really picked on it. I brought the price down to my lowest, which was, I think, 20K, um, which I thought was fair. And I even threw in free shipping, mm-hmm. um, which you know, I would have been eaten alive on shipping. Yeah. Um, but it just it didn't go. And then we just sort of had to figure other things out. And so for now, at least for the time being, my collection is safe. If we ever get into emergency meltdown mode... Yeah, you know, I can give it another go or maybe even just sell off the rares without the commons and uncommons. And that yeah. that probably would go, um, but it wouldn't be it'd be less cost. And I just it's not something I want to do. It's not what you want to do. Um, so for now, luckily, my collection is still mine. Uh, but on the other hand, 
it would be irresponsible of me to continually, unless I'm using cards to pay for cards, which I do from time to time, Mm -hmm. it would be irresponsible of me to continue actively collecting. Understandable. Um, So for the time being, I'm on, I'm on a collecting hiatus. Uh, If I need a card, I'll try and get it through selling another card. And if I really want to buy a box of a set, it would have to be me selling cards. I'm going to sell cards to get cards. Sell cards to get cards. Um, That's pretty much going to be me exclusive. But even then, I really don't want to start cycling out my my worthwhile rares to buy general packs just because I'll never make that money up. Mm -hmm. Um, So that being said, said, um, I did not buy any Gills of Ravnica. But I'll tell you what. I'm... (laughs) <laughs> I'm upset that this is the set that I decided to stop on. Really? I am. Because I I love it. I really do. Really? I do. I think there's a lot of cool stuff. I Listen, really... man. They gave they gave a, a three mana white wipe. That was cool. Yeah. You know. Um there's token generation. And, you know, obviously the the shocklands are back. Um there's just I don't know I just thought it was cool man I I I like the surveil idea like, yeah I I like that just in terms of a way of deck tech um, jump starts also a cool mechanic I mean blue blue anything is pretty I just neat feel like from a mechanic point of view it's kind of like blase compared yeah. to dominaria I don't know well I mean dominaria was also Richard Garfield you know what I mean I understand you, but I mean like I feel like they could have probably t- take. Taken that people really enjoyed Dominaria. Yeah. It kind of kept that. You know, I understand these these sets are designed, you know, months ahead of time. Right. So it's not like, you know, they they finished Dominaria, it was released, and then they started working on guilds. Guilds was probably already on, like, the post, you know. But a different team, though, you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. But like I said, it just feels like. You know, you know what I'm saying, though, right? I get it. I get there wasn't anything like groundbreakingly new in this. Like yeah. the new mechanics are felt pretty standard. I get that. Yeah. Whereas, like you know, Dominaria had like you know, and like the, you know, they didn't really the, take any of that it? and kind of. Uh, uh, what the hell am I thinking of? I can't even think of sagas. Sagas had the sagas. You know what I mean? And I get it. I do. But at the same time, like I love multicolor multicolor crap. I really do. I love you know. I love them. I really mm-hmm. do. Uh, so let's go the, down and. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna pick and pick it apart because that'll take us forever. And I just feel like just go for your what are your all stars? My all star card of the set is Assassin's Trophy. Really? Yeah, that card. That's I was, the that was my that was the that's the Golgari. Just one black, one green, instant destroy target permanent and opponent controls. Its controller may search their library for a basic land and put it on the battlefield tapped. Uh, oh no put it on the battlefield excuse me not even tapped then shuffle their library um so it's like a weird new path to exile except it's two mana and it's destroy and it's um and you get a basic land but the only difference is this path is creature this is permanent yeah not non-land yeah so it's just permanent so that means that you know our planeswalkers are at the or lands or lands You're or right. artifacts or the. enchantments saga like whatever mm-hmm. doesn't matter it's a permanent any permanent can get zapped by this card path is great path is one mana zap a creature remove it from the game and and your opponent gets a land this 
Yeah, their basic line comes into play tapped, but it's literally just a, a an instant kill something. Would you call it a staple? Of uh, I, any Golgari or uh, I mean, I would Jund, uh, any any EDH deck I run would have it in there for yeah. sure, and. I would assume I don't I haven't looked at the standard or modern meta, mm-hmm. but I would assume that if if in standard, if Golgari is, is being run, that card's being run. Of course. That's and, cheap kill. Oh like. yeah. That is that is I'm sure that's a four of in a lot of decks. Mm-hmm. And in modern, once again, I haven't been checking the meta, but I would assume that if those colors are being run in a deck, there'd be no reason not to play that card. Yeah, I understand um, that. And I would even I would even say that it's possible that if, if it hasn't already, it might even break into legacy. Um, it's powerful when you have a two it's a bold statement. It's, it's two mana for an instant kill anything. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that, that's, that's harsh. That's a big deal. <laughs> um, that was my all-star card of the set. Okay. Everything else. I mean, there were fun cards, you know, um, uh, what's her name? Atrata, the silencer, you know, she can't be blocked. And whenever she deals combat damage to a player, you exile target creature, that player controls and put a counter on that card the player loses the game if they own three or more exiled cards with counters on them and then a try uh, owner shuffles her into their library gotta love those alternate win con cards i think that's just an in, that's just an interesting way to go about it you yeah. know what i mean because like it's if they have creatures especially if they have a lot of creatures that's a three <laughs> turn and swing and if you're <laughs> playing something like you know if you're playing multiple combats that could be a one-term game whim depending you know what i mean who knows um but yeah, that was a neat card. The new Aurelia is interesting. Um, four mana. Yeah, and it has Mentor, yeah. uh, which is whenever this creature attacks, put a plus one, plus one counter on a target attacking creature with a lesser power. And it plays well to Boros because it gives boosts if you're white and if you're red. And if you're white red, hey, get both. Yep. And uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, choose up to one target creature you control. Until end of turn, that creature gets plus two, plus O. Oh, Gains trample and if it's red and vigilance if it's white. So yeah. I mean, and what's great is you can stack that in a way where you throw the mentor on the lesser creature first, mm-hmm. then increase its power plus two plus zero, oh, and then give it the extra things. I almost feel like I wish there was a card. I mean, we well, we can actually go into this in our uh, our later topic, but I almost wish there was a card type that was budgeted higher than mythic. So that they could give it more. Like, like almost like this card can be a, like, this card is an instant. Because I always think of things, because EDH is the game I play. Right. You know, I always think of things in EDH format. Right. So you're thinking in terms of one of. Yeah. I'm thinking, like, just, like, maybe... I don't want to be like, I mean, super rare would be... Anyways, we'll talk about it. I feel like a (laughs) a new rarity would be a bad idea. Probably. Mythic. I feel like was probably a bad idea. Yeah. But they did it. I just feel like sometimes mythic cards don't feel mythic. I mean, I feel that about a lot of cards. Yeah. I feel that not just about mythic. I mean, there are commons that don't feel like commons. There are uncommons that don't feel like uncommons. You know, (laughs) rares that don't feel like rares. I just feel like I do agree that a mythic there. This is something else entirely, but I don't believe that there should be a dollar mythic. Yeah. Like a mythic card because of its rarity should inherently be a card that is like a staple playable card. But the reason why they don't do that is because then like people complain because the, 
the you know the heart the best cards for the set are all mythics. Are all mythics, and it would just it would it would ruin the market, and it would you know God knows what else. Um, I get it. I get the reason why they don't do it, but I don't like it. Like yeah. in my mind, I also agree. Like there shouldn't like I have tons of mythics that I look at. I look at the price, and it's like this card's like a dollar. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why was this mythic then? You yeah. know what I mean? What makes this so powerful? That it has to be this rare. I almost feel like there should be less mythics. But they should be worthwhile. Exactly. I, I agree with that. I like, agree with that. Um, um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, my... my other- look at look at Hearthstone. Oh, um, yeah. Every set has, you know, a legendary card. Right. But they're not... Every set... Every class gets only, like, maybe, like, one. Right. And But they're really great cards. Right. You know, something like that, I feel, if they could capture that feeling, right. I feel like that would be good. Yeah. Um, and then the last card I personally want to comment on is the fact that they just reprinted Chromatic Lantern. <laughs> yeah, they did. Which is, that's just a... Which is great. A for, staple in any for, multicolor for the EDH consumer. deck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, what they... Do, uh, they reprinted at a... Uh, rare. Rare? Rare, rare. rare yeah. card. It's about. Still. That's right. Um, we got you know got they have the heavy halves cards and Vrask is back, Ralz is, uh Ralz Zarek is back. Some nice dual um, lands. Yeah, Niv Mizzet for like the eighth time. <laughs> Niv Mizzet. Yeah. <laughs> Which fun fact? Um, not to segue too early into D anD D, but uh, in preparation for the Ravnica source book, uh, the Wiz Kids Ravnica minis, they're releasing previews, and one of them is going to be a very large. Red Dragon Niv Mizzet. That's cool. Um, yeah, Draco Genius. <laughs> I don't know which one they're basing it off. Of. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but they're the all thing the is, same. <laughs> it's, they're, it's really not though. He looks. I mean, they're all weird, the same dragon. <laughs> but like, what I'm saying is, he looks weird in the mini form. Oh, like because his face has like the the frills. Yeah, and I feel like they went too much in on the frills on the mini. <laughs> they went all like, in because on like frills. all the art. Like if you look at the Niv Mizzet, even of the Guilds of Ravnica. Yes, he has the frills, but the way in which the art and the electricity around it, it sort of like decreases the fact that they're there. Yeah. You still only kind of see the hint of them. Um, the mini, like if you can take a second to just look it up while I riff a little here, um, you'll you'll notice that it like it reminds me of the the philosoph- the Velociraptors um in Jurassic Park, the first one, where you know, the fucking like, like Ink and yeah, it's like almost like he has like a full 360 beard, right? Of frill, yeah. <laughs> I just feel like they and it, you almost lose his face in it, yeah, because they didn't really color it well. Like the, in the art, like it's a very clear blue frill, right? And then his face, and it also it has <laughs> dimension to it. I feel yeah. like maybe it's just a picture of the mini, but it just looks so flat, yeah, you know, it probably looks better in. In actual 3D. I hope so. It's like a $50 mini. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those guys. One of the biggins. Oh, boy. Um. Anyway. That aside, all in all, I liked Guilds of Ravnica a lot. That's badass. Yeah. Angel I just of showed, Despair. Yeah. I showed David a picture of the Angel of Despair mini. And it's like. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm. You know, I haven't been collecting minis in a while. And once again, <clears throat> not that I have the money, but for the holiday season, I might ask for a couple packs of Icons of the Realms. Just because, or, uh, you know, the Icons of the Realms, um, Guilds of Ravnica, or Ravnica, whatever. Whatever they call it. Whatever, the, the Ravnica minis. Yeah. Um, just because I think it'd be cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, not that, you know, I'll ever use them in D&D, D&D, because <laughs> they don't really make any sense in any other term, but they just look cool. They do. Um, it's a shelf piece. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for Guilds of Ravnica. 
Um, keeping it short and sweet this time. Um, moving on to the next topic is going to be a challenge <laughs> for our players. And by players, I mean listeners. I don't know why I said players. It was just the first thing that came to my mind. Probably because we're talking about magic. Um, we'll get to the... Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's that... Uh, we were thinking, wouldn't it be interesting to design a format? Yeah. Like if a new format came out, not a template, not like our Cowboy Commander, which is a template of a format. I mean like a brand new format of magic. What would it be? What would it be? And I, maybe we don't maybe we don't say our answers right now. Yeah. But I'd like to open this up to our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, if you play magic and listen to our podcast, give us an email, drop us a line, do whatever you want to do. Maybe even give us a review and put it in there. <laughs> Um, but we would love to hear from you in what you think a great format of magic would be. Something our, new. Our something email is fresh. ysnpgcast at gmail.com. That's right. <laughs> um, and then kind of like last but not least for magic. Uh, Ma- magic we, Arena. Yeah, MTG Arena. Um, first off, I got like free promos. Ooh. Not like card promos. Like arena, like alt art promos okay for some for of, like your hero character f- for the three planeswalkers and guilds to ravnica i have i have the masterpiece versions of them if i want them i have codes to get the masterpiece art of the three of them so With, it's like a skin for your card it's just the art yeah oh. i mean it's like think of it think of it hearthstone when you get like fancy alt art for your hero cards or not hero cards you're a but you're like, you know, like if you're made, you have Frostbolt. And so it's you, like it, gold you, Frostbolt. Right. But, but instead of a, that, it's like I have the Masterpiece artwork. Does it like the, move? I don't know because I, I didn't do it yet. Uh. I really haven't logged on to Arena, um, which is why our t- this topic is what we're about to talk about. Okay. I like to call it falling behind from the start. Mm. I found that once they wiped my collection from the original beta invite that I got. Yeah. I like didn't log on for, for a, I, I swear it had to have been like two or three days. Would you say that the, and the, the grind back to get the collection you had before was just a bit daunting? It was more than daunting. It was almost impossible only because not even almost impossible. My issue was this when the very first beta invites went out, the only thing on there was, uh, what was the set? Amaket? No, the, after that, um, um, it was uh, Hour of Judgment. No, no, no. Right before, right before Dominaria. What was the set with all the Merfolk and stuff? Oh, um, Ixalan. Ixalan. The only thing on there was the Ixalan block, and that was it. So all the cards you were collecting were Ixalan, and you had starter decks. You already had a good number of Ixalan cards, and there were other starter decks. Like your collection grew pretty fast, and it was very easy for you to get like cards. And the meta was just Ixalan. Yeah. And then when they did the wipe and then came back, they added the Amon Ket Hour of Devastation, that whole little yeah. block. They made it standard. Which, close to standard, because I yeah. believe we had passed Ixalan at that point. Okay. Um, but my point being was that the meta then completely changed. Of course. And it wasn't quite standard meta because it didn't have all the standard it didn't cards have rivals. in it. I don't remember what it didn't have. It was lacking okay. something at the time. So it wasn't even like you could like go by standard meta. Mm-hmm. It was its own weird meta. And I just felt like so lost. And maybe the matchmaking wasn't great at the time. 
but it just felt like everybody that I played, and I'd only been off for like two or three days. Yeah. But everybody I was tr- attempting to play, I just felt like they had so many more cards than I did. Better cards. Like they had, their decks already seemed so honed. Yeah. And I just didn't understand. I feel like they put a lot of money into it. It was before they allowed the money transactions. Oh. This was just time. I guess. Yeah. But I just, I couldn't believe how far behind I was. Yeah. And since that time, I really haven't played Arena because I just feel like, I just feel, I feel the same way I'd feel going into Standard right now. Mm-hmm. I would just feel behind. You know what I mean? I just, I just feel like they didn't have this issue. The issue that like, I feel like you have in paper magic where, you know, if you're not always collecting and always playing all of a sudden you're like you and I going into a modern tournament right now, we get wrecked. (laughs) You know, you and I going into a standard tournament right now, we'd get wrecked unless it's limited. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where the playing field's a bit more even. (laughs) Right. So going into constructed, I feel like Arena now has that problem. Okay. Where, like, if you're just joining, unless they change that matchmaking system to be better, like, I you're think just. That's what needs to be done. Just because, like, any other card game, um, you play people of your rank, and generally the people of your rank have similar collections. And that's the problem. I feel like there are people of a low rank, but still have great collections. Interesting. And that's that's how. the issue because I was getting I mean at first the matchmaking system was you were playing people tiers above you and tiers below you, but they they even that out a little bit to where I found I was mostly playing people at my rank and yet they still seem to always have like better cards. There's a possibility they got like luckier with wild cards, maybe, but they also maybe could have started dumping money into it because they that is the thing at they that, started to do at, at that, that point. point. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so I feel like I I don't know. I call it falling behind from the start because I just feel like at this point when Arena does eventually release, like if you're going to play Arena when the beta, because now it's like full open beta testing and they're adding more features every day. They talked about how soon they're going to add, finally add um, friend battles. You'll be able to direct request people. That's nice. About fucking time. (laughs) But are they going to wipe again? I'm assuming they probably are. But then again, I don't know. Like, that's that's another reason why I never redeemed those codes for the masterpieces. Because I'm like, why would I redeem these codes in the beta if you're just going to wipe my account again? Mm. Um, so I'm keeping them until full release. And then if I choose to play, I will then redeem those skins. Yeah. Uh, otherwise... Um, and not just skins. I'll get the cards. That's the other thing. Like I, those cards aren't like guaranteed to be in your collection. Like I'm, I will get the those three, one copy of each of those cards. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna wipe again. It is a beta test, so it's their prerogative to do so. Yeah, that's just so strange to me that they wouldn't like be a bit more open as to like what their strategy is going to be going forward. Yeah. Um. And that's the other reason why I haven't played, because forget about even the the masterpiece cards, but like I had put so much time and I knew there was going to be a wipe, but I put so much time into that initial beta test that then when the collection wiped and I was starting all over again, it was like almost distasteful for me. I was like, oh, like, I don't want to. I don't want to grind this again, mm-hmm. especially when I know like I knew another wipe was going to cu- come again, you know? Yeah, from what I'm reading here. Player accounts will be wiped going into open beta, which already happened. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. 
but they say that after that, there will be no more wipes. Is what they say. I wonder if it's true. Yeah. I'm just curious. Like, my <laughs> curiosity is what are they going to do when standard sets rotate out? Are they going to make like mini modern? Like, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking they're, they're just going to keep those cards are going to be in there. They can't, they can't take those cards out. Of course. Because now that there's real money involved, like they can't just say, oh, you spent money on these cards? Too bad. They're gone now. Like those cards will stay in the collection. Yeah. It's just like, hmm. but maybe, but maybe they'll just do with her, what Hearthstone does, which is they'll Make just be like a, McWild, which well, is pretty much like a casual legs. play. Yeah. yeah. Casual, which would involves anything that's in MTG arena and then standard standard. And that's it. Not many modern, just call it casual. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Interesting. They said here that um, I'll just read the freaking what it says. Note that with the addition of Guilds of Ravnica, we're aligning the pool of available cards on MTG Arena with standard. When open beta starts, which it already did, you'll be able to get the following sets. Ixalan, Rivals of Ixalan, Dominaria, Corset 2019, and of course, Guilds of Ravnica. We are committed to ultimately providing a format for MTG Arena post-rotations. So once we have settled on how set rotation works next year, we will likely return to previous sets, likely return previous sets to the system, including Kaladesh, Aether Revolt, Amonkhet, and Hour of Devastation. Mm. So it looks like they haven't said anything in stone yet. Right. Um, but the wipe, which was probably appropriately timed, right. allowed them to reset everything so people aren't like, don't have old cards. Any gems they have, you'll get those gems back, right. etc. Yeah. Um, so anyway. It'll be interesting to see what the what the life what the shelf life of the game is, mm-hmm. um, and what it go, where where it goes from here. Um, moving on to Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, yeah, so actually, a lot has happened in the D and D world for me personally. Yeah, um, not me, but for Dave, <laughs> so much. All right, Jengus. All right, get him in while you can, little jabs. Yeah, uh, I want to roll dice again. I know, but we got Alex's game soon, which is good. It's true. Um, so for my birthday, uh, my friend Joe got me Waterdeep Dragon Heist. And allow me to hotness. say right now there will be minor spoilers for, for Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Yeah. Um, so if you're expecting to play this campaign, or if you're one of my players, uh, maybe don't listen don't to this next listen. part. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I'm going to say minor spoilers cause I'm not going to spoil too, too much. Um, I'm just going to talk about a general overview. So I'm running it twice. Yes. Um, as it just sort of worked out this way where some kids at my school came up to me, um, two young ladies came up to me one day before school started and they were like, we have a very serious question to ask you, Mr. Marconi. <sighs> and now be? you gotta understand, like I'm a theater teacher, which already makes me like the cool teacher. And <laughs> like, there are, I'm also like. Even though I'm not trained for it, a theater teacher is also sort of like a part-time guidance counselor. You know, these kids, and I'm and I'm sure that's not exclusive to theater teachers. Acting that's, is a way into Well, the no, world. I mean I'm pretty I'm pretty sure any teacher that has a close relationship with a student is yeah. probably feels the same way. Of course. You know, every teacher is sort of like part-time guidance counselor. Um and but unless it's like a life or death or something like really serious that we're really not trained to handle, you know, we let these kids talk and we sort of give them advice as best as we can. So, you know, I've had in the past like serious issues come my way where I've been like, listen, I'd love to help you, but you really need to go to guidance or 
I'm like, okay, we need to call the cops. Like, you know what I mean? Like there are, there are issues that kids can come in and talk about with you that you're just like not ready for. So I've started to prep. So when these two young ladies come into my <laughs> office in the morning and they're like, we have a really serious question to ask you. I, I go on, I go on like game mode. Like I'm yeah. ready. I'm like, Your you spider know, senses ting. right. I'm like, Oh God, like I'm, my mind is prepping for all the possible things. This could be in all the possible ways in which I might respond. I'm, I'm doing the chess pieces. I'm moving. And this young lady says to me, she goes, um, would you be willing to DM a Dungeons and Dragons game every day four during lunch for us? And I was just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> In Dave's mind, mm-hmm. as he's moving the chess pieces, he pauses, throws, throws the board. The board. Yeah, that was like, it. That was, yeah. yeah, that was it. <laughs> You know, I mean, obviously, like, I didn't curse, but in my mind, definitely, like, I, that chessboard went everywhere, and I was just like, hell yes, let's go. Um, so I'm now DMing a game for, it's actually, it's three, four, four ladies and two fellas, um, and they're, and one out of every four days of school during our little... F- 50 or so minute lunch period they come to my room and we're playing dungeons and dragons oh. and um five out of the six of them have never played before oh wow and the one that had played it has limited experience so so perfect i uh, yeah so i ended up opening that game with storm piece which i think is just a great introductory module you know big storm outside you find the ruins they all came from hamlet you know standard <laughs> fanfare uh the standard one day you're game. gonna watch a movie and there's gonna be hamlet in it and you're like oh, they got that from me <laughs> They, they, I mean, honestly, who else uses it? <laughs> but apparently, I mean, it's a big deal. There's the Village of Hollet module. But anyway, um, yeah, so I did Storm Peace. You know, they came in. They they, they met Alibris in that world and got to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is my OC, Alibris Archimedes. He's, uh, he's a great he's and powerful. He's the greatest withered ever. He's, a, he's not a withered. He's a war mage or he's a cleric withered. I don't know which <laughs> He's one of these things. I haven't decided He's yet. He's an angel of justice. That was Castiel. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, anyway, long story short, um, that led into the beginning of Waterdeep Dragon Heist. And then separately, because Joe got me the module, I'm playing a game with um, with him, um, his fiance, Crystalyn, our buddy Phil, um, our buddy Rocco, and his girlfriend, Julie, and my wife. My wife. Very nice. Had to have one in there. And I was waiting um, for it. I was I like, know. I was like, uh huh, uh huh. She yeah. looks forward to it every time. She's the most dedicated <laughs> well, no, listener. I knew you were going. Yeah. And I was just like, it's going to say it. I'm going to say the thing. James was doing the chess pieces. <laughs> um, but uh, for me, it was checkers. Yeah, I was just going like, hop, hop, hop. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, she, they, they, they like it. It's a good game. It's a solid group, both groups. D and D. It's a great game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But Waterdeep Dragon Heist is interesting premise. Um, I see it's got our boy Jarlaxle and a silly hat. I mean, he is he is a, a big part of it. Um, so Waterdeep, uh, the minor spoiler re- uh, uh, review summary of the game is we'll once put, again, please. We'll put in the show notes. Spoiler where to skip alert. To. Yeah. Um, I'll be sure to write that down. Jengis, remember, write this down. Yeah. Um, but I think that. Um, so it's great. It's great. How it starts is you go to the city of Waterdeep for reasons and you sort of, you very early on go to the yawning portal and there you meet Volo, like the Volo, the Volo, the Volo. Wow. Who in both of my games that I'm running 
just by the way he reads on paper, even though he doesn't look like that, the way he reads on in paper um, reminds me very much of Gilderoy Lockhart. Interesting. So I've been role playing him as Gilderoy Lockhart. And what was funny is I got in. I did it first with the my home group. And as I I got two sentences in and someone it was Julie or my wife or both of them at the same time. Like, I think Julie was like, my wife. Yeah. He, he, Julie was like, who does he remind me of? And Bevan was like, why is he Gilderoy Lockhart? And Julie was like, that's it. Why is he Gilderoy Lockhart? And I literally was just like, like instantly they, like, they just knew what I was doing. And I, and I was, I don't know if it was my acting talent or just like, it's so recognizable, but it made me really happy that they knew that I was doing Gilderoy Lockhart. That's so funny. I then introduced Volo in my school game and I was like, you know, Volo, uh, Volo Tham, get on here. Chronicler, wizard, you know, this whole thing. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't know. <laughs> and like, the covers are so funny. <laughs> I know. And like, literally, instantly, the school group was like, why is he Gilderoy Lockhart? <laughs> and I was like, man, I do a really good Gilderoy Lockhart. <laughs> um, so apparently, that's a good that's a good impression for me. Anyway, they meet Volo, and it sort of spins out into a quest the overquest of the game it's levels one to five is that um the old the old open lord of Waterdeep, who is now the open lord of uh neverwinter uh daggolt neverember he's a real dick in mm. the Drizzt books um apparently when he was in Waterdeep, of the many things that he did he hid a mountain of treasure um a mountain <laughs> of dragons because in Waterdeep, gold uh gold piece is called a dragon yes and Three so dragon anti. Right. And so Dragon Heist is is essentially it's like it's like a ba- oh not a bank robbery, but I mean it's a it's a, a heist. heist. It's a heist. It's an Ocean Ocean's Eleven esque right. heist. Exactly. And you're going after this treasure. That's the overall plot. But the interesting thing is, and what makes it fun for DMs, and particularly if you're running it for more than once, is while the beginning starts the same, the end and the ultimate the ultimate sort of um, antag- antagonist of the game depends on the season you pick. Oh. So there are actually four different main antagonists, and depending on the season you choose will depend on the plot structure of the end of the game and how that antagonist goes about trying to stop your PCs. That's fun. Yeah. Here's the spoiler spoiler. They're already in spoiler. I know, mode. but I mean, like, here's the the big one. So the four antagonists, not that you couldn't divine this from the cover, um, but the four main antagonists of the game, and I'm not going to say which season is which. Are Thanos. Nope. Jarlaxle. Yes. And. Um, Where'd you get Thanos from? Because like the guy on the cover has like a gauntlet. It's not it Thanos. It looks like Thanos. <laughs> um, but yes, one is Jarlaxle. Okay. Um, a beholder. W- not just any beholder. Oh. Xanathar. Xanathar. Yeah. Um, Monshoon. Uh, refresh my memory on that one. Like super evil wizard in control of the Black Network. Oh my god! Yeah, that's a pull. It's supposed to be dead, but it has a clone. Mm. That's the big. That's a big spoiler. And uh, the last one is actually a royal family, um, whose name I don't remember, but that's probably good because that's less of a spoiler. Hey, but they're not a royal family, a noble family, I should okay. say. And what's great about that one is unlike the like the other three are all villainy. N- not just not villainy. But like they involve more direct combat. Yeah. Whereas that last one, the nobles, 
that whole ending plot structure is more like role play oriented. Interesting. Because they're not directly like coming after you to stab you. They're going to try and subvert you in other ways that are more like we political. Can, we can this air or like we can this guy because then we can usurp his right. power. Yeah. And like like no, we like, can we can my sister. Like I want to be the one who controls the Game uh, of Thrones level <laughs> intrigue. Interesting. Yeah. So what's great is that even though the games are starting the same, I will have two different games because I let I let the home group pick their season. Oh, that's good. Um but I, the school group I'm choosing because I didn't want them to pick the same season. Um, so I'm, and then again, I could just offer them one out of three. I could offer them three options instead of all four and just ask which one they want to do. Um, but my home group chose fall and I won't say which villain that is. Um, but they chose fall because it is the fall when we started. Um, appropriate. And I think I'm going to choose summer for the school group okay. game. Um, but what's great is I can still DM this two more times and still have like, fresh. a fresh outtake. Yeah. yeah. Fresh outlook, I should That's say. That's nice. Yeah. Um, so all in all, for that alone, I'm what a deep dragon heist. I mean, huge two thumbs up. Huge two thumbs up. Also, like Jarlaxel's in it. Of course. And his ridiculous stat block is in it with all his ridiculous <laughs> does, items. Does it say what's underneath the eye patch or and it says what the eye patch does, but what what's weird is it doesn't do exactly what it does in the books. Because uh. in the books, depending on how he wears it. Um, one way will allow him to divine how many magical items are on a person at any time or to detect magic essentially at will. And the other way like prevents scrying and divination oh, on him. Cool. Um, and that's the book what version. The hat? I don't know about the water deep version. The water deep version, the eye patch does less than that. Of course. Um, the hat is, does the hat thing that it does in the book. He uses the feather and it gets the detrima. And yeah, <laughs> um, it's neat. It's neat. Uh, it also has a lot of faction. Jarloxel Bane Ray. That's right. It has a pronunciation guide. <laughs> And I found out that it's not Bon Ray. And I guess it makes sense in any other case. If I saw the A and E together, yes, it would be the A sound, Bane Ray. But I just swear to God that I, I heard it. I almost feel like I've heard it out of R.A. Salvatore's mouth <laughs> as Bon Ray. But yeah. maybe I never heard him say it. Maybe I got that. I thought it was in an audiobook. Maybe that's a lie, too. Maybe it's like a Berenstein Bear. It's the Mandela yeah, effect. Maybe this is Mandela effect. <laughs> But for the longest time, and I feel like I will still end up saying Bonray a lot, but I am going to try. I'll still say Berenstein Bears. I don't I, care I, it's Berenstein Bears. Uh, <laughs> I will still do my best to adapt. I did that a while for GIF and JIF. Yeah. Um, I've been saying GIF for a long time. And then, oh, it's pronounced JIF. But I ended up switching back after that one meme went viral where it was just like, what was it? Where it's like, <laughs> it's, oh, because it's graphics. It's not graphics <laughs> so it's gif yeah. and i was just like that does make more sense mm-hmm. so i've 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 gone back to calling it a gif despite people saying it's gif i'm like no it's not graphics um anyway anyways uh so two thumbs up on that good for are you gonna play uh are you gonna continue it into dungeon of the mad, mad, mad in the it? home game definitely mm. i'm not sure how far i'll get in this school yeah, game dungeon that, of the mad mage that one hour especially when they have to get food and stuff is more like a half hour and so that so game you feel is like moving. it's gonna it's gonna last yeah i'm not even sure that they're gonna get through the heist by the time the end of the year comes i hope they do but i'm not sure however yes the home game i will be running dungeon of the mad mage which is Undermountain Reborn, and, and that goes five from to twenty. It is. It is the it is the sequel, and it goes five to twenty. 
Um, I think it's the first adventure that goes to 20. I feel like another one did. Oh, no, I think the last one went to... Didn't Straw go to 20? I thought Straw was to 15. I thought, like, that's Maybe. a standard was 15. Well, regardless, okay. I'm excited for uh, the next one, which brings me to my next topic. Um, uh-huh, I did it. D&D Beyond. Um, for my birthday, my wife... My wife... <laughs> Got me the legendary bundle of D&D Beyond. How nice of her. That was extremely nice, considering how expensive it was. <laughs> yes, and it was. And <laughs> I, I can now review it fully and compare it to Hero Lab. So uh, we've said multiple times how much I love Hero Lab. Indeed. I You've love, spoken highly of it. I love D&D Beyond more. Curse of Strahd is 1 to 10. Ah, I love D&D Beyond more. And that says a lot, because it I bragged about a Hero Lab a lot. You've, you've spoken, you've told me <clears throat> countless times, Jengis, forget about D&D Beyond. Well, get, get Hero Lab. Let me, let me preface this <laughs> with, if you have the Legendary Bundle, okay. and a Master Tier subscription, which I have. Mm-hmm. Oh, which I have to change where that is going. Mm-hmm. Cut this out. Anyway. Yeah. No, I'm not going to. Okay. People need to hear this. People need to hear how I remember things. <laughs> I'm going to write down things. All right. Um, but if you have the master tier, and even without the master tier, if you have the legendary bundle, I will speak. D&D Beyond is 95% of what you need. And in terms of how it works, is 100% smoother than Hero Lab. Everything's just so much more convenient with D&D Beyond. It is. You can just click and it's all there. But if you're running the basic, if you're looking for, if you're looking for price, mm-hmm. Hero Lab is the way to go. Okay. Because Hero Lab is one license, gets it's thirty bucks for your license, and because it's user supported content for mm-hmm. all the D and D stuff, you you get everything for free. So honestly, you're only paying that thirty dollars that one time, and then you've got everything. It's true, but it's not as complete, and you can't. And from a DM's perspective, maybe not as great. Whereas in D&D Beyond, it's literally all there. There's links to everything, all the spells. Everything. The character sheet, the online character sheet is great. I know. Um, I love it. But once again, that's me saying from the Legendary Bundle. Of course. The free option, I liked Hero Lab better. Okay. I mean, it makes sense. Um, and the reason why I say D&D Beyond is 95% of what you need, they only started adding Unearthed Arcana from like a certain point. And it's missing a lot of unearthed arcana. It's missing. The it's things, missing. It's missing the things that Dave used. It's missing one of the things I used. Yeah. One of the most important, which is true. for Alibris in the Planet of the Ick game. Yes. His arcane tradition is theurgy, and know. they don't have that in D and D Beyond. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, the, they have a great homebrew system, but I checked into me making it, and arcane traditions are surprisingly complex to make in homebrew. Interesting. Easy to make a spell, easy to make a piece of equipment, easy to even make a new race. I helped Joe make Vidar in homebrew D&D Vidar Beyond. Vidar race. And it, you know what? It was actually really easy. Worked simple. Yeah, because just um, bonuses and... But I mean, even innate spells and everything, yeah. like all that stuff you think would be hard was no more than a couple clicks. Um, but the arcane tradition was tough. Okay. So I, I didn't bother making it. So for that game, I'm still going to use Hero Lab up until a point in which Theurgy becomes either official or... Or sure it will be. I hope eventually. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Otherwise, D D Beyond, let me tell you, like it's the way to go. Mm-hmm. If you if you want to drop the money, and I should I should mention the legendary bundle, I also search for a coupon code. I got 25% off. Nice. Well, yeah, which is huge considering it's normally about four hundred dollars for the legendary bundle. So twenty-five percent off is a hundred dollars. Um, so 
That's yeah. a big discount. That is a big it's discount. It's a fat discount. Um, um, and now all of my, now all of the source books are, I think like 15% off from this point forward for me. And that's the other thing. I'm probably now just because I'm kind of committed to it since I had the legendary bundle, I'm probably not going to buy any more print books. It makes sense. I um, mean, at this point it's like, because even though I could, the availability to have it at my fingertips and have everything interconnected is better. Mm-hmm. And it's also cheaper. Yeah. And I get the discount. Like, there's not really, I can't see a reason for me to buy the paper copy anymore, which is sort of a shame. But at the same time, the system works so well that I'm totally cool with it. See, for me, um, I have a free account. Uh, I did buy a couple things a la carte. Which, by the way, if you do, wait. Like books or pieces. Books. Okay, good. Because if you do that, by the way. And pieces. Well, I was going to say, if you buy books similar to iTunes, where if you buy a couple tracks on an album, the album's price decreases, the legendary bundle decreases by the price of the books that you bought. The books that you buy, if you buy pieces, also the price of the book goes down. Right. Um. So uh, when I made, uh, I made, when I tried to play in a couple games, I made a Tabaxi Monk, and Tabaxi's not, you know, base yeah um so i think i currently have the player's handbook and i a la carte purchased sun soul monk and the tabaxi race yeah for like you know a couple bucks for me that's fine i mean like i don't know if i'll ever like branch out and be like hey i really want to be you know if they introduce something like really crazy and i want to be x y or z but i feel like the current pace in which they release like major content books, mm-hmm. like you know, uh, like Xanathar's Guide, mm-hmm. isn't so few and far between. I don't feel a desire to really go out of my way to get the legendary bundle. Mm. I can still just do a la carte. I feel like the player's handbook gives you a lot. Like player's handbook gives you so I, much. I I tell you this, I think the legendary bundle is a hundred percent worth it. Mm-hmm. I agree, but I mean, if your budget doesn't fit for that, Hero Lab. True, but if you still want to use D and D Beyond, <laughs> like I'm, I'm telling you, like the in between is not a good place to be mm-hmm. because the in between is just gonna in the long run, you're just gonna be buying so many things a la carte, and I just feel like it's what uh, I didn't like about D and D. What Beyond. I did was I bought the source book, player's handbook, and I bought the, uh, I think player's does that come? With? No, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got the class and feet bundle for Xanathar. Because okay. I didn't care about the races. Right. And I didn't care about the fluff. Right. I only wanted the classes and the feats. But I also feel like, granted, I feel like the legendary bundle is great if you're going to, if you're a DM. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. If you're a DM, yeah. That's, I'm saying from a player's perspective. Maybe. I feel like. I guess. But even then, I feel like Hero Lab's a better yeah. way. But if you have an iPad. It, There's Hero Lab for iPad. It's not as good. They don't have everything in there. Yeah, they do. Last time I checked, they didn't. Hero Lab for iPad got updated to where you can import and build right there on the iPad the same way you can on the PC. Well, fair enough. Oh, um, I was annoyed because you can't use it in landscape mode. Yes. And I like to play with like my keyboard. Yes. So I play in landscape. Um, but D&D Beyond supports landscape pretty mode. Pretty dirty <laughs> Um Anyways. All, all in all, um, definitely two thumbs up for the Legendary Bundle and D&D Beyond. Yeah, D&D um, Beyond's great. 
I'm I'm loving it. And like I said, with the minor exception of when I need to play that one version of Alibris, at least for the time being, um, I'll use D&D Beyond for everything. And even playing Alibris in that way, I'll have D&D Beyond up for references. Of course. Um, just because it, it's smooth, it's easy. And like now, like I, like I said, I'm kind of committed at this point. Yeah. Um, but it's great. It's great. Um, last for D&D, we were going to actually talk about uh, the newest Dritzt book, but I think we'll hold off. Okay. And we'll do that with our next cast, just because I don't want this to run overly long. Okay. Um, and also, on the night that we're recording this, we're actually do, about to do the live stream, which hopefully you watched, because we talked about it, sort of, for an hour before it happened. <laughs> but Jengis and I, um, you'll be able to find a recording of it if you're listening to this and you didn't know that we did it. Yeah. Um, it is currently the Sunday before Halloween, and for the 31 days of Halloween, Jengis and I are about to live stream um, our reactions to watching the movie A Quiet Place. Um, obviously, we can't live stream the movie because of co- copyright laws, but we're just going to live stream us watching the movie. Rift track style. Yeah, which will be entertaining enough, I'm sure. Um, but... Uh, that aside, as we want to get to that, I don't want to make this episode too, too long. So okay. the last topic of the night is actually going to be talking about just really quickly about the the grand history of the realms. Yes. A book. Yeah. Uh, a few years. That you owned in your collection. I do. A few years ago. More than a few, actually, at this point. It's like probably like 10 years ago. Really? Yes. Yes, it um, has been. <laughs> wow. About 10 years ago, the grand history of the realms came out. And it's going to 11 years. 11 years. Wow. I was close. Um, and the grand history of the realms started actually as a website that this guy had been running for years and what he had done is he'd been compiling every little tidbit of every book both source books of D&D and novels and everything he could get his hands on for the realms and had put it into a timeline on a website and he had called it the grand history of the realms well eventually wizards caught wind of this and saw the incredible work that this one guy had done and asked him if he'd like it to be published under like he'd get he'd have his name in the publishing and he'd get credit for doing the legwork, but they would just add to it and make it official. And obviously this dude was like, oh, my God, like you want me to be in on the thing that you did? I was just stealing <laughs> from you. Um, so obviously he said yes. And sure enough, they made the grand history of the realms, which chronicle chronicler chronicles the oldest like known facts about the the realms and their history, like sort of like starting with their version of Pangea and like working all the way up to slightly after the spell plague. Um, and it's great. It's, I mean, if you're into the history and lore, it is a fantastic read. Um, what I didn't know until a buddy of mine at work, uh, is starting to get into forgotten realms. And I had mentioned that this was a book to, to go after what I didn't know is because it's out of print, Apparently, like on the cheap end, it's like 150 bucks now. Yeah. Um, so that's pricey. I'm like, but like, what is the cost of learning? Like, this guy had a website for free yeah. to look at that you could see the grand history of the realms. And now I'm not sure that website exists anymore no. because the property was absorbed. So a lot of information is available kind of like piecemeal and wikis like strewn across the internet. I know, but this was a comprehensive I history. Know. I understand. So what like so now I'm thinking about it and I'm like this poor guy if he wants to learn about the realms in total. I mean, I told him to get the 3.5 campaign setting because that that is hugely detailed. Of course. Um, but the history is that like if you want to know like, what's the cost of learning now? I feel like that wizards should put effort into making more of these, like, for lack of a better word, like, gadget, gazetteer kind of, like, level of, like, 
everything you need to know about this setting. Yeah. But I also feel like with the reprints they've been doing, this is a book that should not have gone out of print. If anything, it should have had a second printing and it should be updated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is not post spell plague and all that jazz. Right. We should have the grand history of the realms, you know, the, the second updated, ed- a second edition, the second edition. Yes, you know what I mean? Or Volo's oh. guide to the realms. Mm. <laughs> uh, almost like Volo's guide to spirits and specters. Look for that for that one soon, because they <laughs> drop a lot of hints about that in Waterdeep dragon heist. That's funny. <laughs> so I was like, ha, huh. um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it, it, it's kind of sad that it costs so much, but it's just also fascinating too. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that was just a very small tidbit. A little small tidbit. We're going to round it out with a single game review of a game yeah. that Jengis has recently played. I have. Um, so recently I was at my local hobby store, uh, Highlander uh, Games in Boonton. Um, and uh, I was looking for a board game to play. And I saw recently on their website that uh, they got some new ones in. So I asked what it was, what they were. And uh, one of them was Forbidden Sky. Interesting. Um, yes, Forbidden Sky. The full title is Forbidden Sky: Height of Danger. Um, this is the newest addition to the Forbidden series. Uh, previously, it was uh, uh, Forbidden Desert, and then before that, it was Forbidden Island, I believe. Um, and so this one's a bit different than the others. So in the previous ones, uh, you were finding pieces to construct something. And event as you were trying to complete it, things got either covered or destroyed in the process. Mm. Uh, this one's a bit different. So in this one, you land on a floating platform in the sky. Your your airship from the previous game has crashed, and you have to get you have to power a rocket ship to get off of the platform. In order to do that, you have to create a circuit. Uh, uh, depending on what difficulty you choose, a circuit of like points and like lightning rods that lead all the way to the launch pad itself. Co-op game? Co-op game. Okay. Similar to the others. Four uh, up to four players. Uh the so diff- it's two to five. Oh, it does? Yeah. Oh, then two to five players. Sorry. Um two to five players. And uh the difficulty adjusts uh how many players it is and it also adjusts on what uh what difficulty you choose. So like there's like a novice, uh a normal a elite and a legendary. Would you call this game a legacy game because no. they're connected, or is it just they're just do they happen to be connected I mean, plot it's, wise, it's but just, not like it's just fun like meta like plot wise. Right, connection. it's not like actions you do in one game carries. Over no, the next. no, no, no. Okay. Um. Uh. So the way the basic gameplay is, there's different roles. Uh. You're moving around. You're scouting, which is you're looking at what platforms are around you, mm-hmm. and then you're exploring, which is you're placing the platform tiles. So you could hold up to three tiles. You place them, you complete the you complete the structure, mm-hmm. and then as you find points to connect, you have to wire them, and wiring is an action. All the while, occasion uh, every time someone finishes their turn, they draw from the storm deck, mm-hmm. and the storm deck will either make the storm stronger, lightning will strike, or winds will... Or, uh, wind, high winds. Yes, high winds, or the winds will rotate. Um, high winds pushes you in a direction... Uh, yeah, I have it here too. Uh, <laughs> High Winds push you, pushes you in a direction, and if you don't have anywhere to go because it is a floating platform, your rope starts to break a little. And oh. if your rope fully breaks off, you die. And if anyone dies, the game's over. Mm. You all have to leave together, or you don't win. Um, and also, lightning, uh, lightning hits a lightning rod. Reminds and, me of Mysterium. And any, yeah, any str- anything that's connected to lightning rod. 
uh, gets electrified and you take a damage. So if you die because of electricity, you also lose. So that's why there's a medic and there's a ropesmith uh, are roles and they can they can mend various people. Uh, so you have to work together using the various mechanics of the game to get this you know rocket ship to launch. I played it with a couple. I uh, played with three other friends. Uh, and we were able to random friends of the game group game group. Oh, cool. Uh, we were able to, uh, we were able to successfully complete the circuit and we like within the rules, we completed the normal difficulty and, uh, we actually did a little bit more than we needed to. Mm. Uh, but we, <laughs> it's fun because the, the gimmick in this is like, it's all magnetized. Mm-hmm. So when both parts of the, uh, the launch pad are magnetized, the, the rocket lights up and it makes like a blast off kind of sound. It's oh, that's pretty cool. fun. Uh, all in all, uh, it's a little bit more expensive because there's like, it's not all plastic pieces. There's a bit of electronics involved. Clearly. But I think that it's... not too bad. 40 bucks? Yeah. But I mean, previous ones were like 30. I mean, and, dude, I'm coming off of Gloomhaven. So no, I understand. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's... <laughs> uh, but I think it's well worth it. And I like that there's varying difficulties. So, mm-hmm. like, it kind of... Uh, not every experience will be the same. So, uh, since you did play with your, your game group and you guys have a pretty good... Um, uh, a well-rounded knowledge of games. Yeah. How would you how would you personally rate the difficulty? Like mm-hmm. how how involved? So because on their website they're they're clocking this at ten plus. Yeah. You feel like There's, that's an accurate? You this is a game um, that I feel like could be uh, quarterbacked, uh, which means like one person dictates everything. And it's mm-hmm. just like you do this, you do this, you do this. But if you're working all together and kind of you know, strategizing, which is probably the best way it's played. Yeah. Uh, it still can be very difficult just because like, even if you do everything perfectly, RNG random, you know, randomness can kill you. Do you think, but what I'm saying is, do you think a, a group of 10 year olds could succeed in oh, this game? Yeah. If you do like novice, okay. Uh, and pick everyone's role beforehand. And, and the difficulty scales, scales well in the sense that like you think it's challenging for adults. Oh Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. 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 This is great for family. This is great for people of all ages. <laughs> <laughs> Rated PG. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm a huge fan of the Forbidden Games. Yeah. Um, whenever they're at like a convention, like I always try to talk to the people, and be like, "Hey, I love these games. Please keep making more of them." Mm-hmm. Um, and they did. <laughs> and uh, I can't. I hope that they're at PAX Unplugged, so I oh, can. Oh, this uh, is the same group that made Sushi Go. Yes. Interesting. Well, Game Rights, the publisher. Right. But the. Uh, the specific developer, the the developers of the uh, of the game, uh, I, I want them to make more. Oh, I've uh, seen the Forbidden Island in Barnes and Noble often. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a great game. Uh, but yeah, all in all, two thumbs up from me. Uh, highly recommend uh, the the whole series. Uh, they're they're great games for like families. I feel awesome, awesome. All right, well, that's the end of our episode, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you laughed a little. Hopefully you cry a little. And we hope even the most that you will listen to us again next month. Indeed. Uh, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And we will see you in December. That's right. Take care. Bye. If you liked this episode of You Shall Not Pass Go, please subscribe. Our episodes are monthly, and you can find this and many more podcasts on geekade.com. If you'd like to share your opinions about the topics of the episode, or you just want to say hi, email us at ysnpgcast at gmail.com.